0: we Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business. This is part two of my conversation with Marcus Wood. Marcus is the head soccer coach at Dallas Baptist University. During part two, Marcus and I discussed the importance of having hard conversations about roles and playing time, the importance of team dinners, his winner's manual, and much, much more. Marcus is one of the winningest coaches in NCAA soccer, and having spent time with him, I can see why. He's a phenomenal leader and coach. So without further ado, my conversation with Marcus Wood. Yeah, you mentioned you only have a few things that are set in stone. Marcus Wood is doing it this way. There's a lot of things that can be that you're wanting to develop leaders. What are those few things that you're just you're these are these are my non-negotiables.
1: We're going to be one of the hardest working teams in the country where you're going to see our passion. You're going to see our love of the game. Like if if we say we love each other, well, that should be clearly, there should be clear demonstration of love visible to someone that's watching us play for the first time. These people like being around each other. We can't say we love each other and then have this, uh, I don't know, just a a bad attitude and 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 no energy that like energy and commitment and love and hard work, uh, the, the, those are those, those are things that I'm going to fight for. And, and, and then I'm going to be fighting. I'm going I'm going to be fighting the players for roles in job description and buying into roles. Uh, I, I think it's one of the hardest part. And that that can't be uh, that's not something I can delegate. But the hard, difficult discussions, those are my discussions to have with the player. And, and you got to speak the truth and care. You, you got to speak the truth. You got to tell them why you believe what you believe. But then you got to be very caring a biggest part of our job is caring for the, the 30 people entrusted to our care. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, because now they don't have a big role on the field doesn't mean that we can't care and and, and they're going to not agree with you. Uh, but, but, but that's, that's the one I, I think the biggest part of the job. I really believe this is one of the very rare soccer seasons where every player took her job and really did it with enthusiasm and still loving, because in soccer, if we sub 17 players, well, player 18, 19, 20 usually has legitimate reason to be upset. Mm-hmm. They're close. They're knocking on the door of playing time. Uh Well, when we talk to them about why they're not playing, usually those are the players, too, that are undermining the coach. You know they're undermining the coach. And I didn't have an ounce of that. Uh, and these young ladies, we don't, we don't have a long history. We there, there wasn't a lot of reason for them to trust and to buy it. But I think they did it out of love for their teammates. They truly love their team in a way that say, this is going to be a team. So so that's kind of what made our experience special. Uh, A lot of our opponents would look at the team and say, how did they win the conference? You know, they weren't necessarily more talented. This was a team that loved each other and and lived that every single
0: day. And and that's even the players that didn't get the role or the job they wanted. So I'm going to double click on that going into next year. How, how do you what do you do to hopefully ensure the same sort of buy-in and attitude? What are the things you're constantly talking about, trying to get out ahead of? So, Because every coach knows that um, complaining about playing time, bad attitudes are, are, are probably going to always be there, if not always, most of the time, and it can really infiltrate and hurt a team. How do you get out ahead of that going into next year?
1: Next year will be more difficult. So we were a freshman sophomore team in 2022. So we returned 30 of the 31 on our roster are returning. And, and now they all expect to move up the pecking order uh, because they were young and they, and they can now move up. But they're now we're bringing in nine freshmen and a transfer. So now the roster sits at 40 which is way too big of a roster. Uh, So so we have all sorts of new challenges, but, but some of these freshmen are talented that are coming in and they're going to fight for playing time. And so, so I I just know that each day is going to be, there's going to be challenges in figuring out who's, we say the spring is the time to compete. And that's why I needed to confront right away, this idea of, we need the spring to be a lot easier. (laughs) No, no. The spring is when you get a chance to compete and prove it because, by October, don't come talk to me about playing time. We now have a set playing time and roles and job description. Now we're talking about what, what accepting your role. If you, if you're not accepting your role, if if you don't want the role, if you want a bigger role right now, that young lady should be really working today. She shouldn't have an easy Christmas break. She should be running and playing and she's trying to move up a pecking order. And that's really, really tough to do. So that when we compete in these spring practices, she's making a statement that I'm different now. Uh, so, so th- that's fully what I expect every spring semester. I yep. fully expect girls to, uh, you know, but the quote I always liked one year, Jim Currier went from first in the world in tennis to 61st in the world. And he was asked, you know, what happened? He said, well, my interest broadened. Well, an 18 to 22 year old female can have interest go a lot of different directions. And if you want to move up this pecking order, you're very interested in being better at soccer. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're talking to me about burned out or tired or great, You're going to have a small role on this team come the fall.
0: For sure. Okay. Uh, Obviously a fall sport, your athletes get on campus beginning-ish of August. What does it look like for you to take a group of girls and build culture? Specifically, I would love to hear some of the exercises you do that start building team and bond. so, so it doesn't
1: happen until team dinners, uh, in terms of me being very intense. When we talk about culture, I'm always thinking culture is what happens when the coach isn't there. Co- coach, you know, what do the player, what, what do the players say to each other of this is how we do it. This is, these are our standards and our ex when the players are leading that stuff, that's when you got a special culture. Uh, it, it's not what the coach has written down on paper. And, and so, so, uh, You know, the the, the first part of our two days is what everybody does and the soccer piece of it. The the biggest difference is the film piece, because I want to get us on film as quickly as possible. And then the next day, start studying that film. But when we have a team dinner, every team dinner we have through the year, we we do what we call connect the heart Uh, and our connect the heart. uh, The the idea originally came from uh, the movie was called When the Game Stands Tall. And this is this high school football team in California that had won. uh, had some remarkable win streak and a player brought this idea to me and said coach you're doing something like this but let's watch this movie as a team and then see what you think and we took that exact so whenever that movie was released that's when we started doing connect the heart with every team dinner uh and the idea is to create this uh vulnerability uh this idea of you can talk about your feelings and meaning and honestly every connect the heart we do i walk away from saying. I am significantly more connected to these young ladies. And I know that they're significantly more connected to each other. Most of our connect the hearts have tears, uh, you know, where you're telling their story uh, and they all have a story. They've all faced some, some challenges in life. And so, so we have this list of uh, now it's about 10 questions that have been really successful in, in, in helping uh, girls to talk about meaning and why they do what they do. Uh, but, but
0: connect the hearts, a big part of our, uh, our building culture. And do they go through all 10 questions or just one question per dinner? One question per dinner, uh,
1: small groups, groups of like three or four. Uh, so that, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult for some of the introverts to get, get in front of a whole room of 30 and, 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 t- and tell your story, but they'll all talk in groups of three or four. Uh, and, and then we'll ask, will anyone share your story with the whole group? And usually within that group, they'll say, Oh, Gina really has a story here, or Marta has a story to tell you. you, We all need to hear Marta's story. And and usually when they're telling these stories, the whole room's crying. Uh, Yeah. So, so it's one question per night. one or two questions per night of things that we really, really want to talk about.
0: Yeah. And uh, real quick, I, I found this to be really interesting and comical, um, one of the things you've shared with us as, as we've gathered there at, at DBU is the uh, synchronized swimming. <laughs> so, yeah, walk us through that. I love the idea.
1: So in, in terms of, again, you're talking about ways of building culture. Anything outside of soccer uh, is negotiable for me. Any idea you have ever. So, so a girl comes with the idea. I mean, this is 15 years ago, come with the idea of synchronized swimming. And that's not going to go well. You know, that's, that's a really difficult sport. Uh, and now that's been with us for at, during two days, uh, they, they do synchronized swimming and so they divided t- of teams of four or five and they got to come up with a, and they'll get on YouTube and they'll look up ideas and they'll do a synchronized swimming contest and have a judge. And it is sheer laughter. It's very bonding uh, and that that's worked every year this year, the team did water polo that had never been done before, but they had a very competitive water polo match. There were some scrapes and some scars, uh, from, from water polo, which was just supposed to be a laugh in the pool, uh, idea. So, uh, anything that the players would come up with, uh, on all sorts of fronts, including these, uh, team bonding ideas, I- I'm all in on it. Yeah.
0: And, um, Woody, do you do captains? Do you do leadership council? What's that look like?
1: So (laughs) I've operated from captains most of my coaching career. I've got several mentors that did no captains. I I hear more and more about no captains. So in the job change, I decided uh, I'm going to, in in my captain process, uh, the players would vote uh, and then the coaches would vote. So uh, basically you'd have the coaching staff and the players signing off on this person that this is going to be the go-between between the locker room and the coaching staff. And it, it uses almost a military, uh, you know, chain of command. Uh, and it's usually one of the strong leaders on the team. And I've loved, admired, and respected every captain I've ever worked with. But with so many mentors going to this no-captain model, we tried that this year. Uh, we worked from small groups, uh, almost like Bible studies, the way you work. We were in groups of four. And and we had small groups from day one. And what I, what I loved about it is now I was mentoring eight, captain type positions or from a leadership council as opposed to one, two or three captains. Uh, and, and I thought it worked incredibly well. I, I, I get part of this small group idea, uh, part of why we had the team culture we did this year in a coach transition year. Uh, what, what I think most came out about it is everybody had a voice. Uh, any topic that we were talking about with the team, it went to the small groups and the small groups. Discussed. So no one's not being hurt. If you had an idea, you are heard within your small group uh, and, and then maybe a leader is presenting it to the big, uh, a, a lot of times the idea that we went with, we don't even know who it came from. She probably knows where it came from, but the the best ideas win present your ideas and let's go.
0: Yeah. Jason Watson, the, uh, volleyball coach at Arkansas. Um, I had him on the podcast and, and, and he said that he's done away with captains because what he felt like it was turning into, and, and this is his quote info information is currency. And he said he started to see the captains hoard that currency. Absolutely, I thought, was, I thought it was a really interesting perspective on what can happen—not always, but can happen—if you have these these uh, captains and they have that information of like, oh, I talked to Coach, I talked to Coach Woody, and they and they can hoard that and almost use that as a power, you know, trip. Oh, for
1: sure, for sure, it becomes this power thing. Uh, in, in using our model of de- developing Christ-centered servant leaders, what we're talking about to these groups all the time is how can you best serve the people in your small group? Uh, listen to them. How, listen to what they say. Listen to what they say over the Christmas break. Uh, we're, we're definitely trying to go away from a top-down power model to a servant leadership model.
0: It's really good. So I want to dive into, based on kind of that that idea of, of developing more people in, in leadership. You talked about, I think you call it the winner's manual. Yes. Walk me through what that what what that contain. You touched on it a little bit. Walk me through what it contains. And then how do you, like, do you meet weekly and go through this manual? What's that look like?
1: So it's a book. I, I came in with this from day one. You know, when, when I started in January of 2000, back at Hardin Simmons, I had a winner's manual. At that time, it was like 200 pages of, it could have been anything, something I read in Sports Illustrated and I liked it and Xerox copied it and, and it goes in. And over time it just became uh, what the players were saying, what they believed in. Uh, and and it's, evo- it's evolved over time. Uh, there, there, I feel like it's consistently gotten better, But but now with that book, uh, it's it's essentially, what curriculum do I want to teach in a year's time? If someone's gone through our program, what do I want to walk away with as important life lessons that they've learned? What do I want them to have learned about leadership, about mental skills, about character skills? Uh, and and so, so, we have all of these pages. You know, it, it's about a hundred pages and it's cliff notes from books. It's a, um, when when I used to try to have the girls read a book. A lot of great coaching mentors will have players read a book. Uh, these really smart girls, pre med students, weren't wanting to read the book I was putting out. So I said, "Well, how can I put this into a cliff note version, a one page thing of teaching?" Uh, and and there's probably thirty pages. Are just books of things I really want the girls to know that are one page. On a really, really great book, and at the end of it, we'll say, "And if you want to know more, here's the book, and, and read this book." And uh, so, so that's the idea of the winner's manual—just teaching many different things we want to teach them. Uh, and, and something will come up during the year; something will happen at practice or at a game where you're saying, "That's this lesson." Yep. It, it, you know, I've taught it the same thing so many times, where it just—it just comes out naturally. Uh, and, and the girls will remember the lesson because now uh, the, and the girls improved it multiple times this year. They said on this page, I need more space to write. You know, th- this is a really good lesson. And I need more space by each of their each player's pictures in there. And so this year we made a space where at the bottom of each player's picture, uh, they signed each player's book. This became this was one other ideas this year of. Uh, so we did a senior talk. That's always part of our year. Another Anson an idea stolen of talking about our seniors before their senior day in their last game. Well, then the next game, they said, well, we want to the way we did the senior day. We want to write in every player's book. Said, so now by the pick each player's individual picture, we're leaving a big space where they, it's almost like a yearbook. They go back and write really meaningful things to each other. Uh, and, and this was during the playoffs. It was pretty cool, kind of the way the time happened. Uh, but, but that's what, how they want to save their book and remember this winner's manual book that they they have.
0: So good. And is this I mean, do you have consistent rhythms of it or is it a little bit more organic when you pull out the winner's manual and do a lesson? Uh,
1: A lot of it is road trips, uh, because because now at home, I'm working with technology and there's YouTube videos and things that I want to show them that are. But on on the road, I'm saying, what lesson do we need right now? Uh, And there's going to be 20 days on the road where we, we need a lesson. Uh, And and there's going to be days in the spring where we we need a certain lesson. So so it's a little bit more organic. There's not, there's not a set rhythm or timeline. It's just, here's what I want to teach. And and I use that book every single time that we're having any team meeting, they're carrying it home or road. This book is with them and 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 they know they come into every meeting with a pen uh, and I'm writing the same way. uh, And and each one of those is kind of a treasure for me. I can go back through the season and read yeah, here's what she said on that day. And here's what she taught me. And it's very meaningful to me what, what what we learned on that day and connect the hearts. I'm usually writing because they're saying very meaningful things.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you enjoy more? What, or what do you think you're better at? Cause, cause you're an interesting mix between somebody who um, connects and build culture, but you're also very tactical and technical <laughs> what which which of those two fires you up more the team building slash culture building or the technical tactical let's watch an hour and a half of film today yeah what 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 fires you up the most
1: I would love to be a great tacticians uh assistant coach and just be like the youth pastor on the team uh, that, that that the uh, we're doing a thing at Dallas Baptist this year I forget what it's called stand out I believe uh it just basically gives you advice. It's a personality test. And it gives you advice on your leadership and how you lead. Uh, it's been very useful. But the regular advice coming to me from this, uh, you know, this computer generated program is get out of the cave, quit studying film and get out there and talk to people. And a lot of times I'll read it and literally walk right out of this office into where all the players are and just go sit down and start connecting. And I'm thinking, like, why do I have to have this thing tell me? That's what you enjoy doing. I I think that the strategic tactical side is so important to winning a soccer game. And that is where the majority of my time gets spent, but no question what I enjoy more is the, uh, is the people piece. Uh, Yeah. The the, the relational, uh, and and I just got to do better about making that more important. Yeah.
0: So good okay i uh I end with three questions. The first one is what are you currently reading and you've already mentioned it so I might even ask you to maybe mention your the the last book you've read or maybe podcast that you're locked into right now. what are you currently reading or listening to that's helping you grow there's the currently reading
1: yeah, and then the next one up is uh, gonna be uh whatever lore has most recently put out the dr lore uh I would also recommend the messiah method uh that that's one that's a hidden gem because uh, you have, the, I think, to, to sell the idea of the book, you have this uh, Division Three men's and women's soccer program that have won just an absurd number of national titles and done it with culture and character. And in men's soccer, men's soccer is a parody sport, and particularly Division Three men's soccer. And yet you have this dynasty that's won, you know, like 10 national titles. Well, it gives a little bit about the culture and, and, and how they've done it Uh, And there's three separate leaders that are talked about. uh, And I know all of them very well. uh, And they're all very different in personality, but all incredible leaders. And uh, the author has done a really good job with the book uh, of telling how this incredible dynasty small college soccer
0: program happened. Are you a uh, do you listen to podcasts at all? You
1: know, it's for me, I'm more uh, YouTube. I save a bunch of YouTube videos. I think right now I have about 110 YouTube videos saved that just something I was interested in, didn't have the time for it, click on it, save to watch later. And then I file them into all sorts of categories, leadership, team building, culture, uh, funny, uh, you know, you just save all these ideas. And so I have these files that I'm putting things in. uh, So Right now, there's a whole bunch of Argentina and and uh, Messi and uh, the song that they the song that the whole country is singing right now today, Muchachos. I love I just love it. I love the song and and how it kind of came out organically. Uh, you know how do you how do you make these things happen? Those are the questions I'll be asking as I watch through these YouTube videos. Really good. What
0: um, you have two kids that are busy. You have a, uh, obviously college coachings can be a consuming job. You're married. How do you find time to read? What do your rhythms look like? Um, <laughs> yeah. Walk me through that.
1: Well, let's start off with a rock star of a wife. Uh, coaching wife is not easy. She is a absolute superstar. Uh, she carries all the weight of our family for three months. She's picking up the kids, taking them to and from everything. And then I just got to really do a good job of, uh, contributing, you know, to the star player. I got to help the star player for the other nine months uh, and and just, and and be a a good husband and dad for for those nine months. Uh, But, but my typical calendar year is there is just a two month window uh, this December window and this may window uh, for really reading avidly. Uh, I always have a book going. I'll have a book going during the season, but a lot of times I can't get off my own thoughts to really, uh, I'm so worried about what happened at the, with the team that day. It's, so it's tough in that 10 month window to, to get off of that. Um, but I, I think some of the best advice is just uh, self have the idea of self-care. If you're going to last in this pr- profession, my pri- my listed priorities are God family team education. Uh, those are the four things that I, and when they're in that order, life works really well. Hmm. And what often the team and everything that's happening with the team can become number one. And as soon as I get out of that order, man, life becomes a mess. And I don't treat the team well. And I don't treat the players well, because you can worry about winning and, and compete, being competitive, but you got to keep God first and you got to keep your family next. And, and when it's really in that right order, then I'm a really good servant leader to the team. Uh, so th- this team, this last year really did a good job of, of keeping the entire calendar year, keeping m- my mind in that order. Yeah. And I, I hope it'll be the same in this next calendar year. Are you pretty
0: aware when you get it, when it gets out of order, Oh, or can you get out of order and not even and look up a month later and like, oh my goodness, I'm a disaster right now.
1: I hope it'll always be less than a week. Uh, yeah. uh, that that I, I become pretty aware of it pretty quick, even just in the way the players are responding to me. Uh, that's happened in most college soccer seasons. Uh, if you're leading with fear and with this extreme intensity, players – are going to respond in a certain way and you can you can see it when you're leading from a servant's heart and you're listening to them and you're leading out of love that there's a certain response because it's theirs that they own it that they have ownership of it and you're just there cheering and, and, and your uh one of my favorite analogies that we do is we call we clap them in so so clap them in is this idea when they show up at the field house the coaching staff of six or eight, we're just going to be standing there cheering wildly for them. And you create this incredible positive energy in doing this. How can you not be positive energy when you have eight coaches screaming wildly for you? And they all joined in this year. They all, as we did this, uh, and and it's not just the idea of actually doing it. That should be our whole posture in the
0: calendar year is we're their biggest cheerleader and we're in their corner. It's so good. It's so good, (laughs) Second question. What, uh, what advice would you give a young person just getting into the profession?
1: The biggest advice would be to make a life for yourself. I did not have that advice and I got really lucky. Uh, I, I I could be an old man right now that all I have is this sport experience. Uh, and, and God provided me with an incredible wife and family, despite the fact that I wasn't pursuing it in the way I should, uh, make a life for yourself. And I I, I think I don't believe necessarily in work-life balance. I'd call it work-life harmony (laughs) Uh, because a a true collegiate coach, it just requires a certain amount of time. And so it's not balanced, but how do you find harmony in it within a calendar year and make sure you're really getting things right by your spouse and your children. And and they know you, that your children really know you and they don't. They're not just someone they see from time to time that would be the biggest advice I have is to, to make a life for yourself yeah uh, and, and the first two books I recommend that <laughs> yeah coaches have to have a depth of knowledge of psychology yep and and so th- that that's one and then there's our guy uh, start on, on knowing how to be a really great teacher that that's probably where I'd start uh, in terms of advice
0: yeah so when you talk about I love what you just said about um, knowing the psychology, cause that's so much of it. Is there another book other than the one you just showed by Robert Cialdini? Is there another book that you would recommend on that side of things?
1: Laura's a psychologist, L O E H R. and then Beswick, even though Beswick soccer, if it, if you, if we got people listening outside of soccer, Beswick's take his stuff and apply it to your sport. Like Beswick is so good. Yeah. So so Bill Beswick uh, would be the next psychologist, sports psychologist. There's been a world of difference maker.
0: Good. OK, I end with this question. Um, who would you like to hear talk about their journey and all things leadership in their program? Go get our Messiah guys. Go
1: get them. Scott Fry, Dave Brandt, Brad McCarty. Uh, now, I've heard them talk. Uh, I, I seek those guys out as much as I humanly can, uh, but the world needs to hear uh, their story. The, these guys are unbelievable. Uh, they've all been mentors to me and friends to me, and uh, the world just needs to hear hear their story. These are, uh, it's drinking from a fire hydrant. There's that much wealth of information and wisdom, uh, some of the best, co- I, I'd put them in the same category as like John Wooden. But they're not coaching Division One men's basketball. They're coaching Division Three soccer, so we don't. The world doesn't know their story.
0: Yeah, it's good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. It's good. Well, Woody, uh, dude, thanks. Uh, love what you have to say. Have really enjoyed getting to know you. And uh, yeah, dude, you're a, you're. A, I think you're a special leader. I think you've got some qualities that just stick out to me. Of like, man, that dude is is next level in multiple areas. And so it's been, um, in general, been great to get to know you and then specifically taking time. I know this is your time to decompress and spend time with family. So I appreciate you carving out some time for us.
1: Travis, I've enjoyed every minute we've had together.